This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to break the silence and open up the dialogue around the topics of miscarriage and baby loss. No more shame. No more taboo. Let's ditch it for the sake of our children. The ones who are, the ones who will come. And in memory of the ones who never came to be. This is the Worst Girl Gang Ever podcast. Hello, hello. Hola. I'm at a place called Vertigo. Is that the words? I don't know. I didn't know any more than that. I felt like I... Did my adequate um <laughs> Hola. <laughs> yeah. Hello from the other side. I must have loved a thousand times called a thousand times. To let you know. No. no. To tell you I'm sorry. Okay. Um hello. Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. We just, um, we both, uh, I, I, I locked us out of the Zoom and then we tried to get back in and we both thought we were on a Zoom with ourselves. Um, Which is not beyond the realms of possibility. No. <laughs> you think all these years we've been using Zoom, we still fuck it up. Every time. Anyway, Every time. today we are here to talk to you about pregnancy after loss we don't talk about this very much on the podcast because we're very conscious of the fact that this is what people are striving for and um yeah no one likes hearing about pregnancy when they're not pregnant right no they don't so this will come with a trigger warning if you come here by accident and you don't want to hear us talking about pregnancy then um skedaddle come and listen to the next one so but this will be it for a while won't it what do you mean no more talking about pregnancy well that's what this podcast is all about yeah no i know but after this podcast episode oh yeah 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 none of the rest of the mini series they're all on different stuff yes 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 so yeah um hopefully anyone who didn't want to be here is gone so so pregnancy after loss I can't compare pregnancy after loss to pregnancy before loss, but I fucking hate pregnancy. Yeah. It's the means to an end. Can't believe I waited all those years to to be pregnant and thought that it was going to be this, like, you know, I was going to wear blue and white stripy maternity tops and rub my belly and enjoy it. It's not enjoyable. I didn't find it enjoyable. No. And I wish, like I've said it to you before, I wish I could give you that. And I'm sure, you know, I, if, 
I'm sure lots of people feel the same way. It's just if you've had a a, a sunshine baby, i.e. a baby before loss, it is a different ball game. Mm. I've done both. And it's a different, it's a completely different experience. And the main difference for me was that it it, it was, as you say, it was means to an end. When I was pregnant after loss, it was it was literally one day to the next get your head down on the pillow and think that's another day done. There was nothing enjoyable about it. I didn't download any of the apps. I didn't, I didn't connect with the pregnancy because I was so scared that I would lose it. And I didn't allow myself any sort of bonding while I was pregnant until very Mm -hmm. late on. And I think it was you that said to me, you know, nothing's going to change. You're not going to, you're not going to lose the baby because you connect with it. Yeah, but also you're not going to be less devastated if you lose the baby now. So you mm. may as well. And it was actually, it was... Um, Tawny. Tawny that we spoke to on a podcast who said, you will, it doesn't matter what gestation you are. It doesn't matter. You should enjoy what you can because you're not going to be any less devastated if you lose this one. Yeah. If you, if you haven't. She really her. connected with her pregnancy, didn't she? Yeah. So she lost her little boy. Her little boy Elvis was stillborn. And, um, but she loved her pregnancy. She embraced it and she, she, the, her husband's from Brazil and she went to Brazil and she did, um, like, I can't remember, like, uh, paddle boarding and yeah, really but embraced that, it. And admittedly before that was all she, that was all before she knew that she was obviously going to lose the baby. But what was amazing about her is that she looked, whereas I look back at photos still now when in that short time that I knew I was pregnant before I lost the baby, I look, I know w- w- the photos that were taken during that time mm. and I see them now and I feel slightly triggered by it. And I think, God, how can I, you know, how can that smile, that fucking stupid smug sub smile? I had no idea what it was in for, but she's not, she doesn't think about it like that. And where she's not triggered by it, she, she looks back fondly at those photos mm. because that was the time that she spent with her baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just a different perspective, isn't it? Completely different mindset, isn't it? Mm. Completely different. Uh, but I mean, you talk us through because you've you've been pregnant twelve times, or you've had to, fourteen times, if you say so. <laughs> you've been. Uh, I think so. You've had twelve losses, and you've got two living children. So yeah. you've been pregnant fourteen times. Mm. That, even just saying that just sounds. It's so sad that you've had to go through all that. Yeah. Incredible that that you have two living children. But, and obviously Wilf is only 10 weeks. So Mm. pregnancy after loss is very recent for you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how, what the differences may be in your pregnancy with Bertie and your pregnancy with Wilf and and why they were different? Well, Bertie's pregnancy, I... um, Was your eighth pregnancy? Yeah, I was incredibly anxious. And although all of my losses were first trimester, um, I had no reason to think that anything would go wrong after that. Yeah. I still did. Um, and I don't know if it because I, it was because I knew of a lot more stuff that could go wrong or just a severe lack of faith in my body to do what it was meant to do like it never worked before why would it work this time um yeah the anxiety was right through to the end I walked into my 
cesarean, fully expecting to be presented with a dead baby um, and didn't pack a bag, didn't, um, didn't buy anything apart from one baby grow. Um, sort of like a faith purchase to try and trick myself into into being excited and what you said earlier about not downloading any of the apps I always did that every time every time I got positive pregnancy test I was like I think it was it was to try and trick myself to try and something to give me hope and make me excited um never really worked but yeah the apps for me helped a little um yeah it was a a lot of anxiety in that pregnancy I had a lot of scans (laughs) now it's quite funny because I thought I had a lot of scans in Bertie's pregnancy I think I had 14 with this most recent pregnancy I had 24 before 24 weeks (laughs) just so so excessive but the only thing that ever helped me was I think I'd before Bertie I'd lost pregnancies the day after I'd had scans so that relief of seeing a heartbeat and seeing that everything was fine never lasted very long with me so um yeah this time I had a lot of bleeding in Wolf's pregnancy and some weeks I had three scans in a week Mm. um but it was different this time because I had a little bit more faith in my body I knew that it could do it um I was also on a lot of medication we literally threw everything at it it was the it was the last chance so we got a puppy last summer and Scoop said oh let's just try once more for a baby and I said fine if we're going to try once more I'm fed up of taking all of these medications let's do something to make sure we've given it the best chance possible so I did this super ovulation program where um you uh, you make your body create more eggs and then it releases them all so you take the trigger shot and all of that plus all of the immunosuppressants everything that 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 I could take and um so that eased the anxiety a little knowing that a I my body had done it before b I was on everything that I could possibly take and c I'd come to terms with the fact that I was only going to be having one child um and I was okay with that so I knew that if it all went wrong I would never be doing this again this was going to be my last pregnancy however it turned out and I was I I was okay with with just having one child um it still would have been devastating but it I'd I felt like I was in quite a good good place um but yeah this this recent pregnancy was tricky with all of the bleeding and then I had a dodgy 20-week scan where they were worried about the heart and of course you know doing this podcast and running this platform and things like that we've spoken to so many people and we had to cancel some of the um recordings didn't we towards the end I think we were due to chat to someone who'd had a 35-week loss and I was 35 weeks at the time and we were just like oh it's probably isn't isn't wise 
So, the warriorship, we wanted to come and tell you a little bit about it, didn't we, Bex? And in case you're already going, why? We don't want to know about a fucking ship. The warriorship is our online membership for warriors in this community. It's packed full of stuff. So we just want to tell you about some of the stuff. All of the content from all of the courses that we ever run is in the warriorship. So there's loads to get your teeth into. And we are also developing modules for what happens after. But not only that, we've also got a ton of educational workshops running once a month. In the coming months, we have got body positivity workshop, gratitude workshop, and loads, loads, loads more. And on top of that, we also have a resident mental health specialist. And on top of that, if if that wasn't enough, there's 13 events every month. And there's stuff popping up all the time as well that other people are organising that you can be a part of. So it really is thriving. And all you have to do is head to the link in our bio or visit our website and you can be a part of this too. We'd love to see you there. Obviously, working within this community is, is so incredibly special, but it has been hard for mm. during pregnancy. I found it really, really challenging during pregnancy because you just feel like you're so much wiser. To like When I went into my pregnancy that I lost, I had no idea about this community and I had no idea um, how brilliant it is and how special and how warm and how supportive. But I also had no idea how many things could go wrong. Mm. So then living in that world and then falling pregnant again, and then not just living in it, but we were completely at that point, we were completely immersed in it, weren't we? Mm -hmm. And having that knowledge of things that went wrong at every different stage and every different level of pregnancy was, it's really challenging to get your, to, to, to continue in your tracks without being kind of sideswiped by it all and finding it so overwhelming. Yeah, I think holding hope is, is very very difficult and but it just gets a little easier with with every day that passes for me anyway for people who've had late-term losses I imagine that um they get over the 12 week mark they have a bit of relief and then it's okay and then the anxiety probably starts ramping up again as they near the time of when they they lost their baby but um I think we should probably talk about some ways that we coped with pregnancy after loss and we always talk about controlling the controllables right Mm. yeah so we've spoken about this before but things like well so much of this is out of our control we no one knows how a pregnancy is going to end and we just have to sort of surrender to it a little bit and think right well we're doing everything that we can control the controllables Things like going to bed early, focusing on rest, focusing on nutrition, hydration, um, getting out into fresh air, doing a bit of light exercise, seeing the people that make you feel good, doing the things that make you feel good. Um, Eating healthily, ticking all the boxes, ticking as many of the boxes that you can and accepting that there are boxes that cannot be ticked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and also like um knowing when to to turn away from social media knowing what groups are not how like even even if you if you find if you if you're pregnant and you're following us like it might be time to to stop following us if you if it's too much and only you know whether it's overwhelming or whether it's helpful Mm -hmm. but those sorts of things 
are the things that you need to be doing to protect yourself. Yeah, we do have a pregnancy after loss Instagram page. We do. Which is called TWGGE underscore pregnancy after loss, I think. I don't know. Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. But um, but sometimes you just need to withdraw from the loss part altogether. Um, I, I went for this appointment. When I went for this, the 20 week scan and they said about the heart, went for another scan and they were like, yeah, it's still we're not seeing what we should be seeing that send you to the specialists. We went into this um, scan at a different hospital, a fetal medicine department, and there were six health professionals in the room and no one fucking spoke a word for an hour. Scoop was started crying because he was like, well, that's it. It's obviously confirmed. Surely if it was not bad news, someone would have fucking said something by now. Mm. Um, no one said anything. And right at the very end, the consultant came in and he went, so it's all looking okay. <laughs> we just sort of like broke down, like, what? Why did no one say anything for this whole last hour? Anyway, he took us into a room and we started talking a little bit about the work that we do, the worst girl gang ever. And he said, I recommend that you step away from all of this lost stuff. I know that this is pregnancy after loss for you, but try and just think of it as pregnancy full stop go to a class that is just with people who are pregnant that the focus isn't on the after loss bit um that wasn't the right thing for me to do I didn't really want to do that I find comfort in being with uh, surrounded by people who know what it feels like and know what I'm going through but I imagine for some people it's probably the most wise thing to do to step away from the lost part and just just be pregnant not pregnant after loss but um yeah I think if you have the presence of mind to be able to do that then that's great hmm. I think I'd be surprised if if many of the women who are pregnant after loss can do that yeah I don't know because we only see the ones that are are happy to be and want to be in this community yeah. right yeah we, I think we should talk a little bit about scanxiety mm-hmm. because lots of us, myself included, and you included, found out at a scan that our baby had died. And the, um, like, it's it's so triggering, isn't it? That environment is so triggering after that. Yeah. And every scan, I, I remember in my first pregnancies, the scan was like an exciting opportunity to meet your baby, right? That's how it was. That's how I played it. That's how, that's how most people it. play it. Yeah. Can I just say, how on earth do most people have two scans in their pregnancy? Most people go for a 12-week scan and a 20-week scan. And that is it. How I don't, do not know how anyone could ever deal with, with that. Yeah. I can't can't get my head around it. It's but it, and it's that real battle of wanting a scan to be reassured and f- so unbelievably fearful of a, having a scan mm. in case it reveals again your worst nightmare. Yeah. And I actually remember it's and there's something so huge about triggers that my so I have this um uh I can't Uh, it's like a congenital hip defect which basically means that it's a female thing 
And it means that my I've got three girls and they've all had to be tested later on via ultrasound, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't give it any thought at all. And I took Hazel, my youngest, my rainbow baby, to have this ultrasound on her hips after mm-hmm. she was born. And we went into this room and obviously the environment is com- completely the same as a scan. And I could not stop crying. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I couldn't. I felt comp- I felt suffocated. I felt and it was nothing to do with pregnancy, which yeah. just shows how deep this trauma goes, mm-hmm. doesn't it? That it can affect other areas of your life that have nothing to do with it because the conditions the the conditions were the same yeah the, the light the sounds. sounds were the same the picture you know the the fuzzy sort of and I could not get a hold of myself and luckily I was with a really nice consultant lady who um who under once I explained understood and was very patient and calm but I mean that's it's huge scans are absolutely huge and when I f- had my first when I had my first scan following my loss with my with Hazel, I had it at private clinics. I had an early scan, so I paid for a private scan. And I remember I going in there and I started hyperventilating in this in the waiting area. And then I explained what had happened. And she was this sonographer was absolutely loved me. And she told within 10 seconds, there's the heartbeat. You know, she mm-hmm. knew what she was doing. But like, I don't know how you cope with that hour-long without knowing I mean that's just frightening and horrible yeah so much bleeding and stuff like you your pregnancy with Wilf was so rough I remember just speaking to you like almost on the on the daily just like how is the bleeding today yeah there was one that well there were three times when I was absolutely certain it was over but one of the times there was I was in the EPU and there was blood like in a pool on the floor around me and and then they scanned me and they were like, no, it's all okay. I was just in utter disbelief. I had that once in Bertie's pregnancy and we were sat in the waiting room and um, uh, what's that song? F- the foreigner song. Uh, uh, I'm going to sing now, ready? Um, in my life, there's been heartache and pain. I don't know if I can face it again. Sorry, that was terrible singing. But yeah, that song came on and and, and it was like I bled all over the floor at home. And I was like, that's it. It's over. And this song came on and I was like, yeah, definitely. And then Scoop arrived. He'd been at work. And I said, um, well, uh, are we going to go for surgical management again? Yeah, then because I want want them to be able to send off the baby for testing. and he was like, yeah, okay, so I'll call people. Once we've done the scan, I'll go, I'll call your mum. I'll call your mum first. And then um, and then um, yeah, we'll see whether they're gonna do your surgery today or tomorrow. And then if not, we're gonna have fish and chips tonight. And we planned this all like how this pregnancy was gonna end. And they scanned me and they were like, Yeah, it's all okay. I mean, like, ah, what a mind fuck. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? And it's so hard because there's not, you know, the desire to know that everything is okay is so powerful, isn't it? Mm. And the, and the, didn't you feel like, well, we talked about it before, you feel all right during the scan and, and they go, yeah, everything's fine. You feel okay. And then you come out and you feel all right. And then the next day you feel slightly less all right. And then a week later, it's as if you never had the scan and you because you told yourself, yeah, but like, I last time I lost the baby, I lost it at five, nine weeks and five days. And it's now, mm. you know, it was only eight weeks and six days that I had the scan. And therefore, 
I could have very easily lost the baby, especially with missed miscarriages. I mean, that's my own experience. So yeah. a chemical pregnancy, a missed miscarriage followed literally a month or two later by a chemical pregnancy. But that's my own experience of loss. And that missed miscarriage is terrifying because you just think, I don't know, might have happened, might have already happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even if and your I symptoms are still there. It's, just, it's really cruel. Missed miscarriage is really cruel. I remember squeezing my boobs every day until I didn't know whether they were sore from pregnancy or sore from just being manhandled. Yeah, <laughs> You're abusing yourself. Squeezing my nipple, <laughs> being like, does this hurt? Does this still hurt? Do I still feel sick? Do I still, you know? Oh, I've never really had any sickness in pregnancy either because I take steroids for the immunosuppressant qualities. They mask any sickness. Um, and also they give you a lot of energy uh, so when I should be feeling sick and exhausted I've never really had that reassurance um, and it wasn't until later on in my pregnancy with Bertie that anyone told me that I panicked the whole time like, why aren't I feeling sick yeah um, symptom spotting you know it's like we all do it after in the two-week wait but when you've had a loss um you do it I think for a lot longer don't you you do it mm. and still are analyzing every kind of twinge ah oh, every so twinge cramping I told you this and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the podcast the uh someone said to me Laura of course you're going to be feeling cramping your uterus is stretching to make room for a growing baby and then from then on, when I had these stretchy pains, cramps, I was like, yes, it's growing. The baby must be growing because my uterus is stretching. Um, it was something that was really, really helpful for me. So yeah. hopefully it is for someone else too. But difficult not to kind of jump to those conclusions. I remember also you get those, mm. um, uh, the, you know, when you sneeze, when you're pregnant and you sneeze and it's like, oh, my God, because of all the relaxing and, the, and that. Mm -hmm. it all freaks you out every twinge every ache every feeling less feeling and, more and then you've got the latter stages of pregnancy which are not fucking fun at all the hip pain the sleepless nights the constipation oh mm -hmm. my god trying to poo while hoping the baby's not going to come out as well <laughs> that is hard really delicate balance really delicate yeah oh, yeah all of that stuff it's also difficult to navigate as well because everyone is just like fucking oh god what a relief you're pregnant you can put all that nasty business behind you oh a replacement baby so you and you're you're doing that whole thing where you're like i should just be grateful mm. i should just be grateful i am in i haven't pooed for three days um but i should just be grateful because i am pregnant and that's great such yeah. it's also difficult it's, it's staying with parenting after loss isn't it it's also difficult to navigate because you've got this constant feeling of like a other people's misconceptions of the fact that your pregnancy should just be like a huge sigh of relief and b the fact that you've got pregnancy guilt so you can't necessarily connect with your new pregnancy then you feel guilty when you do and it doesn't mean that you didn't love the baby that you lost and and then you've got the actual you know the, the hard shit that is pregnancy that mm. if you got kids you know the rushing after them is is hard when you're when you're big or when you're tired or all mm -hmm. that stuff and, and there's just such a multitude of kind of emotion and feelings and 
thoughts and worries that that it's difficult to not to get overwhelmed yeah my friend messaged me this morning actually saying um I asked her how she's doing she's due on Friday and uh she said oh I'm just starting to feel a little uncomfortable I was like mate starting to feel uncomfortable you're like almost 40 weeks pregnant I was but from about 30 weeks, I was really fucking uncomfortable. She said, I'm thank you. Uh, thank you. For, um, you know, I'm glad you said that because it's given me permission to moan. It's like, you can moan. It's fucking hard. It's really, really hard. Mm. Doesn't mean you're not grateful, does it? No, it, it is hard. My mum didn't. <laughs> she couldn't do wrong for what's that saying? Couldn't do, do right for doing wrong. Yeah, that one. Because um, she'd be wanting to get excited with with this with Bertie's pregnancy like obviously the eighth pregnancy um she was so so excited whenever I saw her she'd want to touch my tummy and you know talk about it and I just wasn't I couldn't really acknowledge it and um eventually she just would be like thumbs up yeah all fine she said you'll let me know if it's not won't you and I'm yeah it's all okay and that that's as far as we got I remember I've mentioned this before Scoop came home one day with all of this stuff that people had given us that they've been saving in their lofts for years because we've been trying for such a long time and um, it was a couple of weeks before Christmas and I think they just wanted the space they'd gone up to the loft to get the Christmas tree out and so thought oh well Laura's pregnant now let's let's give these boxes to them and he came home and piled up the dining table with all of all of these things curtains clothes um like curtains for the nursery and loads of stuff Mm. and I just cried and sobbed I didn't know why I was so upset at the time but I just said you need to get this out of here I'm not ready for this I am not ready to acknowledge that this is actually gonna happen um so yeah they didn't take it all away and I think that's not like I I don't think that's necessarily because you'd had so many losses I think that lots of people who have just had one loss or you know that that they would feel the same way because I said I didn't do my booking in appointment for as late I left it as late as I could you just feel like fate is you just don't want to tempt fate and it feels so important not to Mm. pack a hospital bag I just you know I actually had Hazel at home but you know I didn't get anything ready because I was so terrified that something was going to go wrong and it would be just after I'd stupidly you know book something or plan something or bought something Mm. and that would be the that would be the ice that would be the 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 straw that broke the camel's back and you just it's madness when you think about it that we think that we have that control (laughs) I know that control when actually we have none and we've got there is no we have no choice but to look after ourselves to do everything that we can do like we talked about controlling the controllables and and leave the rest and there's the support out there there are mental health midwives if anyone is struggling um I think you have to have an underlying mental health condition we'll check it out it's different in in different trusts but there are mental health midwives and midwives are very very good if you explain to them what you've been through they'll give extra um you know where you go and have the doppler check um 
and maternity assessment units are fantastic. I don't know anyone that has ever been made to feel like they shouldn't be there or they were wasting their time. All no. the stories I've heard have been fantastic. They would much rather you go in and get checked out than, you know, the worst happen. Um, so- and also, your mental health, like if you're, we hear from lots of anxious people saying, oh, this has happened and I don't know, you know, should I do anything? Like the answer is always yes. If something has happened or you feel a certain way or you just feel unsure, the answer is just go and get it checked out, even if you pay for an extra scan, you know. And or you even go- if you call them, you might not need, they might be able to reassure you on the phone enough for you yeah. to say, okay, that makes complete sense. Um, I, You know, maybe I was, my mind was running wild. But if you speak to them most of the time, they will then say, come in anyway just come in and get checked out yeah because it's just as important for your mental health as it is for the baby isn't it yeah yeah definitely if you need doubt, to stay sane in all of this yeah you do cannot pour from an empty cup no we we're gonna go now but we the, we did do a pregnancy after loss episode a few seasons back <laughs> hopefully it's not exactly the same as this one no, it'll be similar. I think we haven't repeated ourselves. All the but same also, anecdotes and stories. <laughs> and singing. But also we have on our warriorship, our membership area, we do have a specific module on pregnancy after loss, which is very... Well, perfect. a course, a course on pregnancy after loss. Oh, yes. And within sorry. it, we've got a module for nutrition, a module for mindset and mindfulness. Um, we've got a module for exercise. And we've got a pregnancy toolbox, which is full of lots of resources. Um, and each month we host a Q&A session with a registered midwife and we have pregnancy after loss yoga. Yeah. So we've got loads going on within the membership for you guys if you are pregnant after loss. And there's some new stuff coming soon. Watch this space. Um, well, anyway, hopefully you found that helpful. Control the controllables and um, keep on keeping on, girls. Yeah, sending loads of love. Yeah. Bye. Bye.